Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This is episode 214. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt. And with me, as always, sort of, is my buddy Eric. Because I warned you guys last episode that this episode was going to be a quarter-end special. We're going to be grumpy, we're going to be sad, we're going to be having not a good time. It is that. But it's also, Eric's working a totally different shift than I am, so there's literally no time for us to get together and do the show. Because look, look folks, I work from 5 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And right now, Eric's working from 2 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. There's literally no chance for us to do an actual regular show where I'm looking at his face over the Discord and he's looking at my face and we're going, we're making faces at each other. No, we can't do that. So he sent in his audio. I'm recording my audio. I'm putting it together because I'm the editing king. I'm going to make it sound good, make it sound right on a Saturday night, except I'm going to drop it on a Thursday. You should have fixed that. Okay, look, whatever. Anyway, it's still third shift. We're here for you. And I'm going to tell you how my week was first. I don't have to throw it to Eric because I can edit him in in any way that I want to. So, hey, Eric, you shut up right now. You can't go. It's me. And I'm going to tell you my week was terrible because this quarter end has been atrocious and abysmal and horrible. And I really haven't even been doing anything. I've been doing my dailies and Animal Crossing during my lunches because that's pretty much the only time I have like energy and, and any inclination to do anything. I go, screw it, I'm going to lunch. Oh, God, oh, I'm, I'm on a beautiful island full of cool animals that think I'm awesome. Oh, wow, cool. Oh, back to work? Great. And then I get home and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I should stream. I should get into this game. I should play some more runs of Hades because I absolutely love that game. But I haven't done any of that stuff because I'm just so drained physically, mentally, emotionally. It's just blah. Even Hades, the game I've been loving more than anything lately, I haven't been able to play it just because, one super drained when I get home. But two, each run in Hades, since I have good runs now, is like 45 minutes to an hour. Like I've been getting to the last boss every single time. And as much fun as it is, and those first few levels have gotten progressively easier the more stuff I've unlocked, it still takes a while to get through every room. So I sit there and I go, man, I could probably do one run. (sighs) I don't know. Is it worth it to even do one because when I do one, I'm going to want to do two. If I do two, I'm going to want to do three. And if I do three, then it's 3 a.m. and I'm going to be screwed for the morning. So it kind of gets to that point of just, I shouldn't do that. I don't know. <sighs> what should I do? Should I watch like a movie? Oh, I take up the whole time. I gotta go. got to go to sleep soon. But the one thing that actually has been saving the day lately is I've been watching the G1 New Japan Pro Wrestling's usually summer big long tournament. Now it's their fall tournament. Every time I watch the G1, every year, you guys have heard me talk about it, I have a blast because that strong style, Japanese fighting spirit, you know, watching just those classic matchups like Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii, those matches are always amazing. Just recently, I watched Ishii versus Taichi who bring out the best in each other. Just that old school throwback to, you know, their mentors from the 90s. Now they're going at it in just that same kind of way, firing up, you know, strong style, big strong strikes at each other. Beautiful. Love it. That puts a smile on my face every time I see it. And so as drained as I am, like I'm there's there've been some times I'm like, let me put it on the G1. Oh, I'm so tired. I just can barely keep up. And then Ishii walks out and Taichi walks out and I kind of I give my, my cheeks a slap and I go, all right, I gotta watch it. And then my eyes light up and my hair stands on end. 
and I start drooling, and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's been carrying me through this past week of absolute horror and terribleness. Oh, yeah. I didn't even tell you guys. I tweeted out about it. (laughs) I've been looking forward because here in Michigan, theaters were supposed to open up on the 9th, on Friday, possibly as you're hearing this, the same day. Movie theaters were supposed to open back up again. The thing that I love doing, I go see movies all the time. I love going to my Regal Cinema and watching movies because I get the Regal Unlimited Pass and I can watch movies for basically 50 cents with an $18 a month subscription. So if you see like three movies, it pays for itself. Anyway, I love doing that. Love it. And lately they've been re-airing all kinds of classic movies for five bucks. Fight Club over here, this over there, that over there. Man, I can't wait to get in there. I'm going to go there all weekend. And then, what was it, on Monday or Tuesday? Their parent company, Cinemark or partner company, whatever, they went, hey, we're just going to shut down all Cinemark and Regal theaters because I don't know. We're just going to do it starting Thursday of this week. Thanks. The one thing I had going for me, I could actually, in in theory, leave the house and go do. Now I can't do that anymore. Thank you. I'm so happy. (sighs) But the G1's there. The G1's making me happy. Animal Crossing is always there. My buddy Al, he's leaving. He's decided to move out today. But that means I get to go on another hunt for another cool villager and have more fun. So that's that's my week of misery and yet fun and looking forward to a little bit more fun, but also misery. So it's just, I'm even Stephen Jones over here. So let me kick it over to Eric. You'll hear all about his week. Go, Eric, go. So as Matt has probably told you, Yes, it is still quarter in for us. It is a miserable, miserable week. We've been so busy working nonstop, tons of hours. You guys know the rigmarole by now. However, I still am alive. I'm still here. And this week, I didn't do almost anything. It was worse than last week, in fact, uh, because of quarter end, the shift I've been put on totally flip-flopped my days, basically. So I've just been playing this weird wonky world of uh, catch up and, and and honey do list and then working and then getting home and going straight to sleep because I get home at like past midnight and then one night I was like oh I want to do that I'm gonna try to stay up and actually play some video games and stuff and that was a mistake I was tired I ended up sleeping the next day all the way up basically until I had to go to work after I'd gotten the kids around taking to school miserable experience I'm still recovering from that little incident. I'm tired at this point in time, but I did play a little bit of gaming, just a little bit. Here and there, I got a little hour or two in uh, every couple days of the 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I'm in love with the game. I'm going to play it to its end. However, as I'll talk about a little bit, the Borderlands 3 Halloween event started, so you know I got to get in there and play some of that. But for now, as of this week... Quarter end's been uh, taking over my life, playing a little bit of 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I'm telling you what, I've said it before, the story's fantastic. It's ridiculous right now how crazy this thing is getting. You're learning so many layers upon layers upon layers of what these characters are all about, where they came from, how they got to be where they are. They don't even remember what they're doing at the time, so you're finding all this different stuff and journals and other characters filling in holes for other characters on what they are and who they are and why they're there. There's robots involved. There's all sorts of craziness happening. That game is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it immensely. Cannot wait to uh, see how it all turns out. Because I am just as confused and not knowing what the hell is going on as anybody else out there. Now, onward. 
So, of course, since me and Matt are doing this separately, neither of us knows what the heck any of us are talking about or what's going on. It's a mystery to us all. Matt, I'm hoping, decided he was going to have a game to talk about, and if he doesn't, I do. And if he doesn't want to use mine, oh well, here's one anyway. It's an oldie, though. I gotta tell you, I'm a little late to the party, but I'm gonna talk about it because I actually got in there and played some of it, and I don't remember what day this was, I don't remember if it was last week or if it was this week, which would make my week really weird, but I don't know what to tell you guys, I'm confused, I don't know when we are. It's Genshin Impact, developed and published by MiHoYo, I think it's uh, pronounced, not sure, you know me, I'll probably have it wrong, it's uh, out on PC, PlayStation 4, Right now, and it's eventually going to be coming to the Switch, but I don't know when. And either who's this game was something I wasn't even interested in. It sounded like it was sounded like some kind of mobile, you know, gotcha game. That's what I came to think of it as. However, a whole bunch of streamers, etc., started playing it, and I was like, "Well, what is going on?" So I checked it out. It looked gorgeous. It looked beautiful, and it reminded me, of course, of Zelda Breath of the Wild in the in the good ways. Because Breath of the Wild, you know, breaks your weapons and stuff, which I can't stand, just drives me up a wall. In this game, that doesn't happen. So, anywho's, I was like, I gotta check it out. It's free to play, right? Why not? So, I downloaded it, popped it in, started playing it. And the the rundown here is two siblings traveling across through space and time, happen upon this particular planet, where some goddess comes out and says, you're done traveling, and then zaps them and then encapsulates them in this weird black-red stuff. Then at this point, you choose whether you want to be the male sibling or the female sibling. After you do that, the one sibling is completely encapsulated and imprisoned, so you're fighting this goddess person for a couple seconds. Then they screw you over, you wake up, you're on this planet, and then this weird little uh, floaty girl, she comes over and she's like, I'm going to be your helper, yay! And all of a sudden, here you are on an adventure. you got to figure out what happened to your sibling. You've got to use the gods of this planet to assist you so you're going to unlock like their mysteries and how they operate and of course ask for their assistance and along the way you can meet up like i think it's 24 different characters and you can recruit them to your party now it is an rpg style game but it's open world i mean you can go anywhere you can climb anything just like in zelda breath of the wild so you can climb up the, the side of a cliff but you have stamina so obviously the stamina runs out you fall back down if you keep playing through the main, you know, beginning storyline, you meet a couple, you know, intro characters who teach you how to, like, cook and craft and stuff like that, teach you how to buy, barter, and then you get up to a t- the main town where you go, there's really cool little cutscene, there's dragons in it, you take care of some business, you get a sky glider, so you just like in Breath of the Wild, once again, you can jump off cliffs and glide all the way to wherever the hell you're trying to get to, which is extremely helpful and handy when you screw up, run out of stamina, and or just want to travel large distances without having to run the entire way. What's really cool about this game is the combat so far. It's You get your main character, who has a set of skills, and you get more and more as you unlock these different gods' abilities. Like if you, the very first one, there's a wind god, so you get a bunch of these like wind slices, things like that. But while you're in the middle of combat with you and your party members, it's just you out, your own character. So you'll be out there, boom, 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 you put up like a tornado. If you switch over... And it instantly switches. Boom, you'll be on your secondary character. Say they got fire skills. You can throw a fireball into that tornado. All of a sudden, it's a fire tornado. It's doing heavy, heavy damage now and going crazy. Like, the elements in this game are bonkers. You really got to pay attention to, like, the different uh, elemental enemies and then what you're using against them. And then comboing up and pairing them up. Super important. Super cool. Can really take 
just a mediocre, regular, you know, hack and slash kind of combat, and ups it big time. It's really neat, and like I said, the game itself is gorgeous, colorful all over the place, very well done. It blows my mind that this is a free-to-play game, because of course there are, you know, they say the gotcha stuff, that exists, but I'm only in the beginning, and right now, there's nothing. I'm just finding items, looking for rare treasure chests as I explore the world, and of course, go about quest to quest. Upgrading my gear, which of course, yes, you you do get gear. You'll have your weapons and uh, a bunch of other weird little items, uh, you know, like hairpins and this and that and uh, whatnot to upgrade and then deck yourself out how you want to be. It's, it's traditional RPG stuff. Pop those in, away you go. So I haven't encountered any kind of uh, weird buying things mechanics, except for in the fact that there is some cosmetic stuff I saw that you could purchase to make your hang glider look different. But who, you know, honestly, who cares? So having a lot of fun with that. The questing, you'll have your main quest, which will like clearly show you where you need to be going on your mini-map. You just go there, you do them. But along the way, of course, there's all sorts of different quest givers that you can hang out with and kind of have fun with, check out. And just like typical RPG fashion, once you get those, you can set those as your main. And off you go on a bunch of grand adventures around the environments and areas. Levels you up, gets you better stuff, gets you more loot, you get stronger, da-da-da-da-da-da. You know the deal. If you guys haven't seen this yet or played it or heard about it, Genshin Impact, go check it out if you like RPGs, open world, adventure games, that kind of thing. It's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. You just pop it in, download it play it if you don't like it get rid of it if you do you're welcome it's a lot of fun really neat i look forward to playing that some more after i finish off 13 sentinels i'll report back on it again later as i get deeper and deeper into the game but for now go check it out see what you think for yourselves and now welcome on back to me and i'm just gonna say screw you eric because i planned to not have a release this week but then of course you had to have one and had to review one but i'm gonna take a cue from you and say since you reviewed a game that's technically not in our release window inside the past week, I'm going to do the exact same thing, and I'm going to talk to you guys about Spelunky 2. And I was debating whether or not to ever talk about this is why I didn't talk about it when it did release, because this is a game I'm totally interested in, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. It's the sequel to the original Spelunky, obviously. Same developer, Moss Mouth. It's a roguelike platformer. Some things I like in the roguelike genre are actually roguelites, because you get persistent upgrades you know you you make your run you die you go back to your home base and you can unlock something that makes you better for the following runs you can do that in rogue legacy you can do that in hades a lot of the games that i like of this style you can do that here in spelunky uh uh-uh, no way you start a game you have a run you die you start all over again that's it i think in this one you can unlock shortcuts so you can skip a couple of the intro levels and things but you don't get any persistent upgrades, you don't get anything. All the reviews about this say it's all about learning the visual language of Spelunky and how to understand what things mean when you see them, which when you hear it, it doesn't make any sense. But if you watch some of these video reviews, you do get it, which I think it's why I'm interested in getting Spelunky, but at the same time, it's horrifying because this game is brutally difficult, or it can be if you don't know what you're doing. 
it's a platformer in that you're kind of like an Indiana Jones type person. You're going deeper and deeper and deeper into caverns or through a jungle or all these different environments. And you're picking up treasure along the way. You're using the treasure or the gold or the diamonds that you find to be able to afford upgrades for that run only. You go to a shop. It's got a shotgun or a shield or some kind of tool that helps make your run a little bit easier for that run only again. So that's the overarching theme of both Spelunky games, one and two. But I believe I got the original, maybe they released a demo for it, or I got it for free on some service, or it was on sale for two bucks, and I picked it up. I believe I played three runs of it, and each run I got instantly murdered by stuff I could not see coming at all. That's what I'm talking about with understanding the visual language of Spelunky, because if you don't know that this block is an arrow trap and know the distance away from it that it will start shooting at you, you're just going to run in and I'm dead. What? There was an arrow that came from somewhere, and now I'm dead. Or you jump on this block, boom, spikes came out, I'm dead. You had no idea that there were going to be spikes. But watching the video reviews, I've watched three or four of them now to kind of get that feel, to try and understand what they're talking about. When you stop and you pause and you kind of look at the screen, okay, there's an arrow block over here, there's a spider up there, which is camouflaged a little bit. But each of these things that you have to watch out for are obvious if you know what to look for which is kind of the theme of Spelunky is you dropped into the level. What are you going to do first? How are you going to go about it? How are you going to use your precise, tight platforming? You're running, you're jumping, you're clinging onto ledges, all that stuff to get through this screen right here to get to whatever treasures or weapons or upgrades or whatever it is you need to get to and then use those to get through the screen even further. It's kind of hard to explain. Once you see Spelunky in action, you will definitely get it. Like I said, I did. I had to watch it a few times to understand what they meant. But it's one of those games that people play for hundreds upon hundreds of hours. People go on hundreds upon hundreds of runs in these games, and that's why I'm interested in it, because if it can hook people that much, there's something in there, and I'm starting to see it the more I see of it. I still haven't played it yet because I'm still in that terrified mode of, well, I'm going to go through 20 runs and just instantly die all the time because I'm not going to take the time to sit there and think about everything. Because also, hey, it's Spelunky. If you take more than three minutes on a level, a big giant ghost that will instantly kill you starts chasing you. So it it puts that clock pressure on you, but you also have to be able to recognize the threats before you move into their threat range and then know how to dodge them once you do. So super hard, obviously, super scary. But then the other side of it is once you get through that level, once you beat that biome, once you see new content, it's not because your character is stronger or you unlocked the ability to do this or that. It's because you are better at the game and you know what you're doing. So there's that part of it too. I love that feeling. Nothing's better than that. I mean, even in Hades, which is a rogue light where you unlock persistent benefits that kind of make each of your runs a little better. It's so thrilling to find an enemy or a place, anything that you haven't discovered before, especially if you just barely scrape through the last area or the last room and now you're in this one and trying to figure it out. I love that rush. That's what Spelunky is all about. It's using your brain and usually platform skills. It's putting that thought and that action and your ability to understand and look and interpret that level and that screen. And that's what's so interesting about it and intriguing about it. I think I'm going to have to pick it up. Maybe maybe I'll wait for a sale. But if this sounds interesting to you at all, definitely go check out Spelunky 2. I know it's on PC and PS4 right now. I believe it's on Xbox and maybe it's coming to Switch. Not 100% sure. But if any of that sounds interesting to you, go check out Spelunky. 
just know that your first few runs are going to be awful. You will be really bad at it, just like I was the first few times I played it. But if you stick with it, maybe from all accounts, you will get something so much more rewarding than you could ever imagine that it could be. So check out Spelunky 2 and support that developer, Mossmouth. And now we're rolling on into the Gearbox segment of the show where I'm going to tell you we got shift codes for Golden Keys at Borderlands, the Game of the Year edition. So hit up the Twitter, the Red Forms, the Instagram, hit up your preferred shift code provider and get yourself some free loot in a fantastic game. There you go. What do you say about that, Eric? Oh, you got nothing to say because you didn't remember this part and you didn't record anything. You jerk. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Eric's got a Godfall article that I retweeted earlier. He's going to talk about. Go, Eric, go. So I don't know how much Matt's talked about with this particular subject, but he threw up a retweet with a recent interview from Game Bites that they did with Counterplay Games about Godfall. The interview was done by Lara Jackson, and she spoke with Dick Hines, technical producer at Counterplay Games. And they talked a whole bunch about Godfall. It was a really cool article. I recommend you definitely go check it out. A lot of fun stuff in there. A lot of stuff we've heard before. It kind of reiterated that uh, you're going to be going against the Mad King Macross. And you're going to have to ascend through all these different elemental planes up this tower. The Valorian Tower or whatever to knock him out, take him out. And uh, restore peace to this whole freaking crazy plane of existence. Along the way, you're going to be using long swords, the great swords, the pole arms, warhammer, dual blades. Talked about, of course, how you don't want to just stick with one. You can if you'd like. They're not going to limit it to you, but you got your polarity. Stuff we've covered before. It went into uh, talking about the monsters and how the different monsters or different creatures or whatever of these different worlds. Some are locked into their different elemental areas. Some can actually cross over the different planes at will so your enemy variants should be pretty decent and you'll experience some that are coming up with you as you go some new ones along the way yeah, talked about how the environments were super detailed and super crazy cool how the gameplay is of course really deep and they wanted to make sure that you were going to have a lot at your disposal a lot of things to keep you busy to keep you uh, learning new things and finding different play styles while you're going through i really appreciate all that we've talked about it kind of before but once again, this article is really good. goes into depth on some of that. So I recommend you check out that article, Game by doing some good work. Appreciate it. So yeah, Eric basically said it all there. There's not much else to say on that article because it is mostly stuff that we all knew already because we've been digging into Godfall. We've been saying it on the podcast. But again, just like that PlayStation blog article I talked about last week, if you haven't been digging in, if you haven't been watching those Eric's videos, if you are one of those people who follow those media outlets we talked about last time, which are like, I don't know what if Godfall is. Is this a game with a man? Fooey. Check out this article from GameBite. It will tell you all the cool stuff about it. This one doesn't have the cool videos in it that the PlayStation blog one does. But this should get you hyped up from Godfall. And even if you're not hyped up, at least you'll know about it. At least you won't just be like, I don't know, some kind of game. You won't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Read this Game Bite article and know more about Godfall. Now, here's the part I didn't know if I was going to get to do or not. Because of my quarter-end schedule, I was wondering if I was going to see any notes, patch notes, etc. from Gearbox. Well, guess what, folks? They just popped up, so I'm fresh looking at them. The Bloody Harvest has begun. It is active. It is open. Now, last week, if you listened, we talked about what we thought and hoped they might do to kind of spice things up, change things up. As we said, they didn't do that. They did just release it as is. They changed uh, some of the anointments, etc., to match, obviously, the new play environment that's been created since the Bloody Harvest last year was around. So everything should work with, you know, the new anointments, new things going on. All that's there. That's active. 
Nothing's changed about it. It's all there. You can go get your really cool guns that are, of course, all up-resed to this year's level caps, your Fearmonger, Gas Call, Stalker. And I look forward to checking it out because last year, you know, it was still so fresh and new. We were just in there shooting things, having a good old time. Now, with everything maxed out and, and buffed up, I want to see what some of these guns can do. Heck, I don't even think I got the big dog last year. Anyway, so it'll be nice to see it this time around. With the event, though, they did... Uh, do some weapon changes and a big old change up to Zane. They heard, you know, the, the feedback on Zane changed some of his skills. I don't play Zane. I just actually started Zane just a minute ago with the daughter, but I can't really speak to any of these changes. So hopefully they, uh, you know, really help out like Ghost's Change, Duct Tape Mod, Cold Board, Trick the Light, and several others. If you want to see what they did to him, maybe Matt's going to talk about it because maybe Matt likes Zane. I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's going to tell you to go check it out for yourself. But hey, that's what I'm going to tell you. The one thing I will say is that in the weapon changes on the conference call, they changed it up so that the initial target will now be hit with the weapon's extra projectiles. I love it. I really like that change because obviously if I'm aiming directly at one target, it's usually the one that's going to screw me up the most or the one I need to handle the quickest. And now that this initial shot's going to shoot it with all the extra projectiles along with the you know initial round, that's great. It's going to take it down faster which allows me to get rid of whatever threat I see quicker and get about my business. So looking forward to playing with the conference call and seeing if that uh, really affects the gameplay at all. And uh, maybe we'll get into rotation. Who knows? Beyond that, super cool that they put it out there. Honestly, I don't know if I was really expecting them to do any kind of big uh, changes this time around. I thought it was just going to be the bloody harvest. But they surprised us. Very cool, very neat. Can't wait to get in and do some uh, Halloween events. But like I said, I got to finish quarter end before I can. And with that, we're moving on, moving on, moving on. Just like Eric, I was completely blindsided by the fact that there would actually be hot fixes and sort of patch notes. I mean, I guess they're patch notes for the Halloween event and lots of buffs here. Eric kind of downplayed it a little bit, but I appreciated that they've even buffed up the terror debuff itself because you got that damage bonus, but your accuracy went way down last year. Now that damage bonus has increased. Now a lot of the terror buffs are better. So even though it is the same kind of deal, like Eric says, it's not because you'll be doing even more damage. Just like with all the weapons, they crank the damage up on them or cranked up the effects to make them even cooler. I mean, it feels weird that we went through so many patch notes, turning weapons down and turning weapons down and people in the comments underneath on Twitter, we're always throwing fits. Why has it always got to be nerfs? Why has it always got to be nerfs? Hopefully those jerks stayed around for this last batch of patch notes and hotfixes because it's all buffs. Everything's getting buffed. Zane's getting buffed. Class mods are getting buffed. This is getting buffed. That's getting buffed. I looked in the, in the Twitter comments for this hotfixes slash patch notes thing, and people were like, oh my God, they fixed Zane's green skill tree. It's totally viable now. So it's nice. Even in the Twitter comments, which are always full of hate and just disgust and the worst things you could ever see in the world, now people are happy and they're excited because buffs. Everybody loves buffs. I don't even play Zane. I don't care about Zane. Fooey. Research that stuff on your own, like Eric said. But if you do play Zane, be excited because his cryo stuff is now 10 times better. It's a million times better. Have more fun with him. And it makes me excited because if they're buffing this guy and they're buffing this, maybe they're going to buff that flax stuff that I play that nobody else plays. Maybe they'll buff that up even more, so I'll be even better. Maybe they'll buff up the most stuff that Eric loves and make her even better to just make everybody so much better. 
it's I, I'm just excited because it's been so long since we've heard about nerfs. It's just been all buffs lately, and it's a good thing, and it's a great time. So is there things I missed? Maybe. Matt, tell me what I missed. Tell me what I missed, because I don't really know what day and time it is. Oh, no, I don't. Whoa, now, Eric, you rascal. You know you forgot something. You know you did. And I and I hate you for it. You're a bad person. But the one thing I really wanted us to dig into, if we could do a proper episode this week, even though we wouldn't have the time for it because Quarter End makes us all really tired and, and grumpy and miserable, is there was a GameSpot article with Randy Pitchford and Graham Timmons talking all about Borderlands 3. And they kind of went into all the stuff we already know. Oh, man, they've made a lot of changes since it came out. Oh, my gosh, there have been DLCs in a season pass. Mayhem 2 dropped. Oh, man, gee whiz, no kidding. Stuff we all know, stuff you guys all know out there in podcast land. But the one thing they talked about was this new gameplay mode. I can't believe Eric didn't remember this. Well, they didn't really talk about it, but they teased it. It's a new mode called Arms Race, a standalone mode. I'm going to read it directly from that GameSpot article because Eric's not around here to give me crap for it because I always give him crap for it when he does this. But it's a standalone mode that brings players to an isolated map where every gun they pick up will matter throughout the game mode. Then they also say that it's got elements that people who love Call of Duty and Battle Royale games will find interesting, but it's not a Battle Royale. Then Graham Timmons went on to say, Our goal with Arms Race is to make the gun game in our game of millions of guns really matter. I can talk about that game mode for hours. I'm excited about it, but we'll have to wait. I'll say it's got its own environment and just leave it at that for now. So I really wanted to go into Conjecture Land all about this. And what do you think the gun game in Borderlands could be? Maybe, see, I'm I'm so excited. I wanted to speculate right here, right now, even without Eric to bounce ideas off of. And that's my favorite thing to do. I love kicking stuff around. He'll say something that sparks in my brain. I'll say something that sparks in his. So I was looking forward to this. He's not here, so I'm not going to go into it. We're not going to talk about it. But check out Mental Mars. He's got an article about it. Check out probably pretty much every single person on YouTube who does Borderlands content. They're all speculating out the wazoo, just like I wish we could do right now. But you can probably look forward to that next week. And hey, since we've got a week of buffer time here, why don't you guys send us what you think Arms Race is going to be? Send us that. Send us any comments, questions, concerns, any kind of feedback at all to the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. Find us on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. And you can even find us on Facebook under Third Shift, suckers. That's right, Matt. You can find us over there on that Facebook and stuff. We got all sorts of engagements happening. But with those, you can also find us on Patreon. That's right, folks. Over there is a little old tip jar that we got held out in our our decaying, dried-up, withered old quarter-in hands. If, if you like what you hear, like what we're up to, feel sympathetic for the fact that, you know, we're just in this hellish landscape doing all these crazy things. Hey, consider throwing us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, a thousand bucks, or maybe that coveted one million dollars, in which case we'll be opening up a food line, changing our entire lives. I don't know if it'll actually work. It could probably screw us over and go bankrupt at the end of it all, but... We said we'd do it, so maybe throw a million bucks in there and see what happens. It could be interesting. If you don't have a million bucks, maybe you got the lower amounts. That would be helpful. Keeps the lights on, paying bills. If you don't even have any of that or don't even want to give any money because you're just an old Scrooge McDuckin', that's fine too. You can keep it. You can also help us out in all the other ways like the five-star thumbs-ups, the likes and such over on the Twitter, the subscription slash follows on Twitch, the five-star ratings on iTunes and the positive reviews, mailbag questions, etc. You guys all know where you can go to help us out. We would appreciate it, especially in the coming holiday months. 
come on, show a little heart, show a little love, get out there and help us out. We appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. We love you guys and we appreciate you guys so much. And another free way you can help us out is by checking out that very next episode, which will drop on the 15th of October. You can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. As I always say, you know what I say. I say it all the time. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. And now, let's play a mournful dirge for the lost souls of Third Shift as they work forever in the mines. And then we'll just say, don't forget to Shut up and sit down.